Jack Tank Show. Right, I'm here back on the podcast with Jack Tank Show in the run up to his fight against Scott Malone of Cage Warriors 104. How's it going, Jack? Yeah, it's all good, mate. Training hard, dieting hard. So uh, four weeks ago, nearly there now, counting down the days. And what have we been doing in the preparation for this fight? Have you been doing anything different, or how's how's the prep been? Uh, same as normal, really. He's stylistically he's quite similar to my last opponent. Um, obviously, he's a southpaw, so that's the only real sort of specific change that we've had is is just sparring more southpaws, getting used to that, to, to them leading with their right hand, and obviously the power coming from the left side, but. I'm not a big believer in, in game plans and whatever, you know, I look at the strengths and weaknesses, don't get me wrong, but it's more, you know, I've got a, a set routine and if it's not broken, I'll fix it, so I'm, I'm just doing what I usually do, grafting away and um, looking forward to uh, to the final product. Yeah, and from what you can remember, have you ever fought a Southpaw before or is there something completely new to you? No, I've fought a few Southpaws. Um, I fought Vaughn Lee, who, who was strictly Southpaw uh, back last year, and I fought a couple of guys, you know, everyone seems to be switching it nowadays, so I fought a couple of guys who who switched it up on me halfway through the fight, so it's um it's one of them things, you know, it's, I think the more you, you I find with Southpaws, the more you focus on them being a Southpaw, the harder it can be in your head, if you just go out there and, and get them good habits early on and, and just fight them like it's a normal fight, then it doesn't really make a great deal of difference, I've got obviously top class striking coaches in Gary Lockett and, and my Thai coach crew who've got, who've got me prepared for that sort of the southpaw style and I'm just more than confident you know I've, I've been I've been chipping away at a long time there's a lot of there's a variety of boys at this gym you know we've got a lot of southpaws a lot of orthodox a lot of guys who switch stances so it's, it's not something that I'm new to you know I've, I've been dealing with these guys in the gym a long time and obviously in the cage so I'm, uh, I'm more than confident with, uh, with having to fight a southpaw and orthodox really uh, yeah, like I can see why for you it's not really worth overthinking a game plan too much because you're so well-rounded that when it comes to it in a fight, whatever is thrown at you, it seems like you've got more than enough to deal with it. Yeah, well, that and also, you know, the amount of times I've had a guy pull out on the week of a fight and he's, his style's completely different. I think I've had two or three fights now where I've had someone pull out the week of the fight or, you know, in September, it was the day before the fight. And, um, yeah. Wesley Meyer was a southpaw as well, a guy who stepped in, you know, on on a day's notice. So that was somewhat new. But it's it's one of them ones, you know. You 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 got a set idea in your head of the, of the route you're gonna go down. But you you're just better off going out there and, and relaxing and adapting as the fight goes on. Because in this game, anything can happen. You, know, you you could break your hand in the first round, and you got to switch stance and go southpaw yourself. Or you know, you might have a a wrestle every game, and, and you go out there and the guy's a little bit stronger than you think, so you got to strike, or you might be having the better of the stand-up exchanges, so you think, well, I want to wrestle, I'll keep it on the feet, and vice versa. You know, you might think you're going to go out there and strike, and you might be losing the exchanges, so you think, right, well, I need to get a takedown. So that's why I believe you're better off just, just making sure you're, you're well-trained in every area, and then that way, whatever they throw at you fight night, you can deal with there and then. Yeah, and do you feel all the more confident now, because before you said you've never been tested fully before because you've never been on your back and you never got to show off your defensive work but last time out against Eckendale you you were on your back briefly for a while and you dealt with it unbelievably you didn't really make any sort of advantage of it so you actually did get to showcase that part of your game so do you feel all the more confident now and you feel like you've actually proved something there yeah, I wouldn't say more confident because I was confident in it anyway because I was dealing with it in the in the gym constantly. You know, when you when you're training with Jack Tucker every day, you know he's a, he's a big gorilla. So 
when he's on top of me in the gym every day, I know if I can get up against him or reverse him every now and then that I'm going to have no trouble in the cage. But it, it's not so much the content as I've proved the point now that I yeah. can do it under the lights. You know, if if someone puts me on the back, on my back, they, they better get ready to you know, try and hold me down because I'm either going to get back up or get a reversal. You know, I fought, when I fought in the IMAS, I fought a Bulgarian guy. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name because I'll, I'll, I'll do him wrong. But, you know, I... Uh, very high level wrestler took me down and I subbed him within a minute you know and and he's no joke that guy he's gone pro now he, he stayed amateur I think he had something like an am- 100 amateur fights you know he was IMAF European world medalist so you know it's, not, it's something I'm used to and in the gym every day I'm sparring with these boys they put me on my back you know even the bigger boys and, and, and whatever so it's it's just the fact that I've done it in the last it now has just proved our point to people oh well you know whenever I fight people got something to say Oh, what's he gonna do if they do this? What's he gonna do if they do yeah. that? There's al- there's always you know the internet experts and um, you know oh, what's he gonna do when Mike puts him on his back? You know, is how's he gonna deal with that sort of pressure? Well, there's your answer. So yeah, yeah that's something that I've noticed that grinds on you quite a bit is the internet experts or <laughs> the internet critics that, uh, as you said before, they've never had a fight, so they're not really qualified to to give any sort of. Yeah, I've I've learned you know as I've uh, matured a little bit to to not give them the time of day because that's what they want as a reaction. But uh, it's always the guys you know with the with the fake Twitter name and the fake Twitter picture you don't know, or or the guys who, who've got no display picture and, and no name that they got they got the most to say. The reality is they probably overweight, never trained a day in their life, and and, and they watch a bit of USC on the weekends. They think they're an expert. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's easy to do, and then you know. You, you got to get in there and do it yourself to experience how tough it is. You know, anyone who's had a fight, then you you got to have respect for those people and, and, you, and you think, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. But if you've never had a fight in your life and you've never been up there and trained a day in your life, then then just keep your mouth shut or keep your opinion to yourself. Uh, well, how confident are you with this next fight then? Do, is this some, do you only see yourself winning this or... Is there a bit in the back of your mind that sort of thinks, oh, I, I might lose this, what if I lose this, or is it only win-win? Yeah, it's never, with me, it's, I'm, I'm quite mentally strong, so it's never, I never go in there thinking, what if this, what if that. In my head, it's always, we're going to go in there and we're going to get a win. Are we going to get a win? Sometimes sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not, but it, it's always a positive mindset, you know, tunnel vision, we're going to go in there and get a win. And yeah. I'm confident in this fight, Scott's, you know, as tough as they come, high level judo, you know, he can strike as well. He's re- and I say high level judo, he's a good wrestler, good grappler as well. So he's very well rounded, very tough test, probably one of the toughest tests I've had, if not the toughest test, you know. Um, lifelong martial artist, they always bring something a little bit different to the table. Mm. But it's one I'm confident in and one I, I, I see me obviously winning, like I said, whether that be round one, round three, or grueling out five rounds, you know, I, I don't see any other result other than me keeping the belt in Wales. So is that what you think maybe makes a champion? Is that what sets a champ aside from the rest? Is that the fact you don't see anything other than a win? Because I know going into something like this, I personally would be overthinking it, thinking, what if I lose what? And I feel like most people probably would. But is that what sets a champ aside from the rest? Yeah, like, obviously all the top-level guys in this sport, you, you've got to have that, that bulletproof mindset where you can't let the, the little demons creep in. And don't get me wrong, you know, you've got to be realistic in this game. Four ounce gloves, anything can happen. It only takes one punch to change a fight or, or to, to put you on your ass. So, realistically, yeah, anyone can lose and anyone can win. But, you know, I think champions and, and, and the top, not even champions, but the, the, the upper class guys, 
they got more of that mindset of you know going in there thinking well I can't be beat and I'll find a way to win and it's more so that you know not so much the you know I'm gonna win it's that I'll find a way to win no matter what they throw at me and and I think that's what what separates the top class guys from the the mediocre and the average guys yeah I think what you said there about one punch being able to change a fight completely or it can be one lucky thing and it's and it's over and it's gone um, I think that's what makes the, your win streak all the more impressive. It's just been so almost flawless in a way that you haven't been caught by anything too troubling up until now. Yeah, I've I, I seen um, a good quote from Anthony Joshua and it was, it was something along the lines of what elite level fighters do is they make other elite level fighters look average. And, you know, in the last fight, everyone was writing me off before it. You know, everyone online was... Uh, I had no chance, and then as soon as I win, it was, oh, is Eckendale that good, oh, it was too much too soon, oh, I didn't think he was going to win, and I think it was the same people saying weeks before the fight that, that he was just going to grind me out for five rounds, so yeah. it's, it's it's nice to look back on my performances, you know, and see that I've, you know, got those big wins against those big names and done it in a in a fashion, so to speak, that, that you know, I've never really been in too much trouble. I've had, you know, obviously on my back in the last fight, and Von Lee pieced me up a little bit on the feet here and there, but you know, for the most part, they've been in control. And like I said, that's that's what us, you know, top level guys do. We we find a way to win no matter what it is, and we make other top level guys, you know, look average. And and that's what sets me apart from the rest. Yeah, that is really what you did against Eckendale as well. You really made him look average. It, it almost looked like you were only fighting at about like 60, 70 percent out there. You had so much more to give. And it was so systematic in your approach. It's almost robotic in a way, not in a bad way, yeah, but yeah. it's like you, you're making the right decisions at the right time. It's all very calculated. You're not making any rush, any rush-ins. You're not jumping in. Everything is pretty systematic. Yeah. What my coaches say that I'm very good at is I, I can transfer what I do in the gym to, to the cage, you know, under the lights, in front of the cameras, in front of the crowd. They, there's plenty of boys in every gym, even even in my gym at Tulare. There's boys in the in the gym who could be world beaters, you know, who could could really you look at them and think he's gonna go all the way. But then sometimes when when they get in the cage, it, it's not the same guy as it is in the gym, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm very good at, at doing that. You know, I fight the same in the when I'm training and sparring and leading up for a fight. You know, I can transfer the the positives through to the cage. And also, I'm a good listener. <laughs> I've got good coaches, and honestly, they are there they are there for, for my benefit in the corner and, and my, my dad always says you're like a robot you know he's, if he says punch him with your right hand then I'll punch him with the right hand if he says pass the guard then I pass the guard so it's, it's a com- combination of things and, and like you said it's, it's about just not rushing and, and when you've been around the sport as long as I have and competing you know I've been competing regularly since I was 10 years of age pretty much so when you've been doing it that long you don't let the lights and the nerves and the atmosphere get you too much you, you just take it as another day at the office and it's not another day at the office, don't get me wrong. There's 5,000 on people screaming, you're fighting for a world title and whatever, against Mike, who was, well, for the last fight, even Mike, who was the next best guy in, in Europe. But you've got to be able to, you got to be able to go out there and be cool and calculated and, and, and influence your will sort of thing. You can't let the, the occasion get you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you've said before that you enjoy the fight day. You you actually enjoy the fight. Now, what, what does it take, do you think, to actually be an MMA fighter or be in this type of game because you said you enjoy the fight but to me I enjoy watching it but I can't quite understand 
how where the enjoyment is like <laughs> you i'm getting smacked in the mouth like for me it yeah. is mind-boggling but obviously it really is something you do enjoy i mean i just think everyone's everyone's different like not everyone thinks the same as i do like for me the the training and the dieting and and the cutting weight all as grueling you know it's got to be done but it is grueling you know training four times a day six days a week takes it out of you over over a 12 week period but it's got to be done so to me you know once you've made that weight and you've refilled the fight days the enjoyable bit is where you get to show your skills and, and and show off all the hard work you put in and um you know any fight win lose or draw i'll, I'll never go into a fight you know if, if i when i lose or if i ever do lose i'll never go to a fight coming out today and think well i could have done more in training you know i i because I'd hate to have that thought in my head where I come out of the cage if I ever lose and think, well, you could have done this, you could have done that. Yeah, you yeah. know, you, you could have done that extra run, you, you could have dieted that a little bit harder. Because those sort of demons would live in me for the rest of my life. So the fact that I push myself so hard in training camp, I think that's why I, I enjoy the fight day so much. You know, I just, I think, you know, this is what we've worked hard for. This is our chance to to show off a little bit. But yeah. but then people like, you know, you your GSP in interviews, he's the best he's ever been and he hates fight days you know like I was listening to him on um, Joe Rogan and he said he's sick the night before he hardly sleeps you know he's, he's shitting himself all day fight day but he's the best you know no one ever performs like he did you know he was dominating world class guys for for god knows how many years comes back and then does the same to Bispin so everyone's different you know even in the gym you've got Chris Edwards who's like a lunatic fight day you know he loves it you, you wouldn't even think he's having a fight and then you've got yeah. Jack Tucker who's equally as talented you know amateur champion and, and you can see fight day he's nervous and, he, and he's feeling the nerves but everyone's different and that's why we say the boys in the gym you know you're not going to be like me and I'm not going to be like you so it, it's one of them ones it doesn't make you a better fighter if you're not nervous fight day but if you're not you know if you're nervous just embrace that if you're not yeah. nervous then, then just embrace that you know everyone's different everyone everyone deals with it in a different way but you know luckily I don't I don't feel too nervous and I just enjoy the experience so it's I feel like it's a benefit for me, you know, because I'm not dreading the moment I got to walk in there and have a fight, where some people perhaps are a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine feeling like I am the Raptor. It must be horrible. But um, So, the Cage Warriors 104 now. It is stacked with Welsh fighters, obviously. Uh, what, what, what does that mean to you? Do, does that give you extra pride in the event? Because I think it's like eight, eight, eight fighters on the pro card. Yes. I, I think to be honest it's nice to see because Cage Warriors have put a lot of faith in Welsh MMA and I think it's ultimately paid off for them you know I'm obviously headlining but then you look at the end of the card um, Dez is Chris Dez is fighting you know been about for years crazy horse and then you've got Mason obviously up and coming he's a big name now um, Aaron Khaled's fighting Tom Watson you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice to see us, us Welsh boys getting to display our talent and getting having a platform where we can perform in front of the world you know we didn't go back five six years ago we didn't necessarily add that we had people like marshman and brett leading the charge but they you know they were fighting in london and brett was fighting in america so it's nice now to, to not only have that platform but to have it in wales as well because the more people watching at the events and the more people taking notice of us welsh boys it's going to do do big things for the for the boys coming through as well you know these amateur boys now getting to fight on the cage warriors card in wales because of you know because of us lot fighting on the main card and we keep performing i think you know the welsh lot we you know me mason aaron chris josh we, we all put on Corey as well we all put on exciting fights so people want to tune in and watch and, and it's just gonna give that welsh mma platform you know it's just gonna put in good stead and i think you know if every there's a time to get involved in welsh mma this is it because it's only gonna go up and up and up the level and i think we'll be one of 
one of the competing countries, you know, top level countries in the world before long, you know, whereas only so much Brazil and America a few years ago, I think, you you know, two, three years time, don't be surprised to see six, seven Welsh boys in the, in the top ten in the UFC. Yeah, I can see, I can see that being the case as well. And does it make you, um, how do you feel knowing that at the moment you're pretty much the the forefront for Welsh MMA and you're driving it and bringing in all these new people because up until like a year ago I, I wasn't even that into MMA or following this type of thing but it was only through watching you a local Welsh boy doing all these good things that I've got into it myself and I'm sure that's the case for a lot of other people as well. It feels good, um, not not just because of all you know. Not I'm not one of them people who loves having the attention and loves having the spotlight on me, but I feel like I've I've gained a good following now and a, and a good bit of of backing, and I and I've stayed true to myself doing it. I know I haven't come out there and talk trash and and tried to to act you know like you know I tried to act cocky and tone yeah. and I, I, that's because that's not me you know and, and I, I see a lot of boys doing this you know British European even in the USC and you can tell it's an act. Yes. You know, they they see McGregor make his money and have his attention. But that's who he is, you know, he's he's sharp with it. You know, if I went out there and tried to speak like McGregor at a, at a press conference, I just look stupid because I'm not as sharp with the tongue. You know, I've stayed true to myself, I've stayed respectful, stayed humble and you know, I think that's what people like about me is they can relate to me a little bit. Um and and that you see this respectful sort of the martial artist is, is coming back into it so much now. For a couple of years it was all about the trash talk and can you yeah. build fights whereas nowadays you tend to see you know, like I went up the, to London Monday and me and Scott was, was sat as far apart as me and you are, you know, and it wasn't awkward, it wasn't, you know, we weren't shouting off at each other and mouthing each other, it wasn't intense, it was, yeah. we're two martial artists with the same goal, you know, chasing the same dream and there's no need for the disrespect and I think that's what people like about me is, you know, you won't catch me talking trash and I'm confident or whatever but you won't catch me mouthing off and, and trying to give it, you know, Billy Big Boots, I'm just, stay true to who I am and, and I think people can relate to that because they can see that, you know, he's a genuine guy. I like to think he's not a, yeah. he's not a trying to act the dicks. You know what I mean? So, it, but again, it's nice to have all them, the lights and cameras on me at the same time. But I'm just hoping I can lay the lay the foundation now for the for the young young kids coming through. You know, and, and give them lay the platform for them to come in and, and take the reins now in a couple of years' time. Yeah, you certainly are doing that. Um, you said that you were sat about as far away apart as we are now. Uh, with Scott last last week in in London. So between those type of events where you're you're in the lead up, where you're doing the press things, sat alongside each other, and and the face offs and this and that. Do you how much of a feel for for the other guy do you get in the run up to to the event? Do you ever sort of sense any nerves from the other guy, or how how, how do you get a feel for him? Um, not really. You know, it's we're four weeks out from the fight, and we're strictly in the same room because we garby. You know, it's not like um we've had a run in and, and, and whatever so you don't I don't take a lot from it really you know yeah. it's a chill it was a chilled environment you know we done a bit of filming for the promo and obviously we done like a, the gloves are off sort of thing and it, it was a chilled environment you know you can't I don't take too much from that anyway you know you see like the Mike Tyson court you know, if you stare at them and they look away then you won the fight it's like no it's just bullshit <laughs> it's like you don't take nothing from those scenarios I don't you know you you when you start fighting, that's when you get a sense of whether they're nervous or whether yeah. they're feeling the pressure. You know, you can just by the way they fight and the way they act, then you get a sense of it. But in in the build up stuff like that, you don't take a great deal from that. You know, you can people buy too much into that, I think, and, and not too much into their skills and the other guy's skills. So I I don't ever, you know, I don't ever you know stare him out and think, oh, I've got him scared. You know, it's, it's 
he's signed the contract to fight me you know he's he's not going to be scared to get in there and have a scrap you know what I mean so yeah. it's one of them ones you, you, you're there because you've got to be there not because you know you're trying to size up the other guy or whatever yeah so what does this fight feel like compared to the last one because obviously last time you were challenging for the title whereas this time you're defending the title what was the difference does it feel any different this time no not at all um to me it's it's just, I'm still the the hometown boy fighting it you know the last fight because it was in Wales I walked out second and to be honest I felt like I was the champion anyway because I made weight for the title in September obviously things happened got had to go up a weight in the end on a day before but to me I I I solidified myself in September you know now many people would have took a risky fight like that at a day's notice you know I could have happily said no I'll wait till December I'll sit yeah. this one out but I didn't you know so it just feels the same you know I'm to me as nice as it is to have that label, label of world champion I don't let carry too much weight on my shoulders you know so the fact that I'm defending the belt it feels exactly the same as when I was fighting for it to me every fight's the biggest fight in my my career anyway and it's been like that since I, since I first turned pro or even even in the amateur days so it's not the, the fact that I'm defending the belt rather than challenging for it doesn't add any pressure or take any pressure away it's, it's still me fighting a, a top level guy again in, yeah. in Wales in front of the hometown crowd and, and just getting the, the win for Wales so you say about how mentally tough you are and it is obvious that you are very mentally tough but have you how do you think that if you ever did the time did come and it does for most people when they they're in the game a long time when that first loss does come how do you think you're going to be mentally prepared for that because it's not something you've ever had to experience before um i you know i've never lost an mma but i've lost amateur boxing fights i've lost in jiu-jitsu tournaments so I know what it feels like to lose, you know, and it's not like I've been undefeated in everything I've ever done. I know what it's like to lose. It's not a great feeling, so, you know, it'll, it'll, I'll probably have a little show. If when it does happen, I'll probably show off for a day or two, but, you know, that's, like I said earlier, we're in this in a sport where one punch can change the change the momentum of the fight entirely, so, you know, you've got you to take as it comes. I've got a lot of teammates who are veterans, you know, like Jack and Chris, they've had over, well, close to 30 fights each, so... I know and they both picked up a couple of losses so I, I'm sure that you know I've got people, good people around me who can help me deal with that and you know when it comes it comes I'll be I'll, I'll take it like you know like I took losses in the past but uh, I try not to think about it too much anyway yeah let's hope it never does come <laughs> because never do, you never know we might be like the Carl Zaghi of MMA <laughs> touch wood we'll, uh, we'll see what happens so uh, how much time have you spent with the belt we, we, because for, <laughs> I, I followed your Instagram it seems to go everywhere you go <laughs> To be honest, for the first week or two, I spent probably uh, probably ninety percent of my time with it. It was it was either on the bed with me, or if I was I was popping to see the boys, they'd be like, "Bring the belt!" So I'd bring the belt to me, and obviously, a lot of my sponsors wanted to meet up and have photos and stuff of it. So, but but after that, I know it's uh, it's on the it's on the grate now in the uh, in the front room, just chilling. You know, I take it, I take it where I've got to take it now. You know, if I if I got to do something and they're like, "Can you bring the belt?" Then then I'll do it. But it's um, not worn off, but it's 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 not on my shoulder twenty four seven now. You know, I do uh, I do settle it down now the last couple of weeks because um, it's pretty heavy, so you can't be carrying it around everywhere. No, yeah. I just how much do you appreciate all the support you get? Like you know, after after you won, you had all pick uh, uh, painting sent in and all these support and these things sent in to you. Like how how much does that mean to you, really? But when these people are doing it off their own back and just out of support and and out of admiration 
it means the world like it's really overwhelming it's, like you you'd think I would be used to it by now because he you know even like when I was three and oh fighting in the Newport Centre you know I was opening up the main card I, I, I had like 150 people there watching me there and don't be wrong it's a lot bigger than that now but even back then I was overwhelming so you think I'd get used to that feeling of, of people just wanting you to do so well and um, but but you never do it, it's you know, to, like I always say to me, I'm I'm still a young young man from the valleys, like you know, and uh, to have you know, it's not even just Welsh people. Anymore. I got people from from all over Britain and Europe messaging me and wishing me well, and and, and like you said, pe- people doing paintings and yeah. and uh, and whatever. So it it overwhelms you a little bit, but I'm always grateful for it, and and that's why I like to you know if I can give back a little bit, you know, if people ever want a photo or a little chat or conversation. And I'm I'm not the type you know I'm not the type to just brush it away. I like you know I always try to give a little bit back because at the end of the day, these people are spending money to come watch me. You know it's not it's not a cheap hobby coming to watch MMA shows. You know it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's expensive ticket. It's, it's you got to travel there. So the fact that they do it so willingly and can't wait to do it, you know, just to watch me. Right? A lot of a lot of people I sell tickets to don't really come to watch the end of the card. They come to they, they'll turn up half hour before my fight. So yeah. it overwhelms me. But I like I always try to. If I can give back in any sort of way, you know, I will. If I can have a photo of a young kid or, or you know, have a little chat to, to a young fighter who's looking to sort of follow in my footsteps, so to speak, then I'll do it. And any advice I give can give the people I will, you know, I always like to give back because the fans, I like, don't even like call them fans really because it feels a bit surreal, but my yeah. friends and all that, they've been so good to me over the years with their support that, um, you know, I'll never really be able to repay them, I don't think.